Welcome or welcome back to CSM Toolbox Season 2. This month, we are celebrating not only the first anniversary of CSM Toolbox, but also Women's History Month. My next guest is Daria Danilina. Daria is the co-founder and CCO of Salesroom, a virtual meeting platform enabling account executives to build trust with their customers without in-person interactions. She'll be telling us more about it and her journey next. Join me and let's open that toolbox. It's helping a lot of people kind of both professionally, but also, you know, maybe you are remote and there's no one from your company in your city, but if you can go and join, you know, some kind of local community that gets you out of the house and seeing people and talking about your issues, that's a win-win. Daria, welcome to CSM Toolbox. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks a lot for having me. Excited for the chat. <laughs> yeah, same here. And I have to say that looking at sales room and just looking into your background a little bit more, we were just uh, chatting there that you lived in Dublin as well here in Ireland. So I think with a lot of um, tech companies that are based uh, here in, in Dublin and now you're in London, we find those similarities when it comes to um, tech companies so yeah very small world (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly very small world Uh, so yeah very happy to have you here today and yeah maybe just to uh, kick things off if you could please tell us uh, what problem is sales from trying to solve Sure. So I can I can go an hour on this or, or <laughs> so I'll start with the short version. We believe that the world has changed after COVID. I don't want to say COVID in there because I think the changes were ongoing already before mm-hmm. you know, 2020. But we see video as the primary means of communications between, you know, inbound AEs, outbound AEs, direct sales and, and also CSM. And the world kind of very quickly moved from two-sided kind of analog, you know, emails, maybe a phone call here and there to in-person meetings to just being on video all the time. And that changed completely the workflow for everyone who is interacting with customers. And Salesroom essentially is building a tool to help, you know, first primarily salespeople be successful in this environment. But I'm sure, you know, in future we'll also look at helping CSM and, and others as well. I think a lot of companies were already providing this hybrid environment, which maybe it wasn't being remote all the time. So I think that enabled us and I know from uh, the customer success side of things, but I, I think a lot of my sales colleagues as well, we were all thrown into this situation where we will have to engage in a different way with, in this case, with prospects and with uh, current customers as well. So yeah, I think that it, it was going there somehow Uh, but it ended up happening uh, this way, unfortunately. So yeah, that's a great context. And I'm thinking as well from your customers' feedback, Daria, what have you learned so far? I I learned so much since we started the company about a a year and a half ago. I mean, we started out with a very simple thesis that, you know, video is not going to be a one-size-fits-all anymore given how much we're relying on it. Because, you know, if I can give you kind of a flashback to March 2020, when you would do your 10 uh, work calls on Zoom, and then you would do someone's birthday party, and then you will call your grandmother, right? And it's all kind of in, and, and your business calls are both with your customers external, but also like, you know, internal with your team. 
And it felt very, you know, if you look back at the history of, for example, audio, right? When Skype came around, if you know the listeners are old enough to, <laughs> to remember that, the Skype was like the only voice over IP solution there was. But now, you know, Skype still exists, but voice is a feature of a lot of other platforms, right? So Discord looks very different from Facebook Messenger, from FaceTime. So I believe that the same is going to happen in video where... Um, this one size fits all is going to be replaced by specialized solutions in, in, in all different areas. So that's kind of what we started it. And before we even kind of founded the company, we spent six months interviewing, you know, account executives, sales managers, and like just learning about their workflow. And there are sort of four themes that were true across, you know, SMB, mid-market enterprise. The first is that COVID or sort of this video environment massively removed the barriers to entry into pretty much any industry. So before you would be pitching against maybe, you know, two or three other vendors. Now it's like five or six because for the buyers, like all they have to do is get on a half an hour phone call, right? Or video call. It's the, it makes it so much easier for them to say, hey, you know what? We're just going to speak with everyone and then see kind of what resonates with us. So the, the barriers to entry have been lowered. Everyone is pitching against more vendors and it's never been harder to differentiate because the channels you have to reach your customers, you know, as an AE is mainly email, which is the same for everyone, LinkedIn and video. And it's very hard to sort of show who you are, who the company is, you know, what's your brand like, what you stand for. It's, it's, it's very hard. It's, you know, an art in itself. So from there, the second kind of part of the issue is that it's incredibly hard to build trust over without in-person meetings. I, I don't have the answer to why. I think it's kind of a bit of a billion dollar question for a lot of people <laughs> working on various solutions. And it is possible to, you know, yeah, people have been closing deals in the last two years. But what I find striking is that that lack of relationship, it still comes back to bite you. Some, you know, we're, we're starting to speak with more kind of enterprise-like customers now. And they're telling us that, you know, they sell a deal and there's like a three month implementation cycle and the two companies arrive there and the people literally do not know each other. And that lack of trust is, is hurting the process of actually, you know, making sure your customers are successful. The third problem is that we went from, you know, maybe 10 meetings a week if you're an enterprise rep to five to 10 meetings a day. And I'm sure it's the same for, for you know, the, the colleagues in, in CS, like the, the volume, just the sheer volume of the meeting we're doing has never been higher. And that means your whole workflow has to change because all of a sudden you don't have the 30 minute taxi ride from the airport, you know, to the office or, and, and, and this was the time where people could sit down, regroup and think about what they were going to talk about with their customers. So that has to change. And, and the fourth is that buyers are feeling incredibly overwhelmed, especially I think LinkedIn, they do a really good sort of survey on virtual sales every year. And they've done one recently and they kind of found out that buyers want to see empathy and they want to see people who are kind of trustworthy and direct and transparent. But that's not the qualities we hire for in sales, right? Um, people kind of want to see someone who's competitive and a go-getter, which is very different from what the buyers expect. And so I think that kind of amplified that gap over video. And that means like buyers are even less likely to build trust and, and actually, you know, commit to those uh, big decisions. And I think what you mentioned there around how it is an art in itself that not only the routine change, as you described, the off-sites, all of that change. Also, you pointed out competing with other vendors that are maybe as well getting into that mindset, scheduling that call and just maybe not even for the rep herself or, or himself that 
they maybe before they will get to prep a bit more. Maybe I'm just assuming here, but I will say definitely their their, their own routine has changed completely of how yeah. they were used to sell most likely it's crazy like there are some people who you know have built a career out of going on site presenting to customers like captivating an audience you know i'm sure also in like account management customer success and all of a sudden you know on whatever the 21st of march 2020 they had to sit in front of their computer at 10 a.m on monday morning and they didn't know what to do because it was so different from you know the skill set that made them successful but but on the other side of the equation right for people who used to do inside sales yeah they didn't go to see customers but they aren't used to being on video all day long every day it takes a lot more you know kind of presentation skills and ability to carry yourself on video and like a three-dimensional reach medium versus, you know, when I was at Dropbox, we sold over the phone. The only reason why you jump on a video call is if you wanted to give someone a demo. But otherwise, you know, we we spoke with customers on the phone and people got quite good at doing it much faster than, than if you have to learn how to present yourself in, in video. I know, and we have been touching on this already some of it, that when I actually, let's say my introduction to you was during yeah. your pitch at Web Summit, and I'm actually really glad that I got to see it. Um, you talked about how in order for, in order to be successful, in this case, salespeople need to be the best at delivering or they have actually had to get, maybe they had those skills already and they, they, mm -hmm. they weren't familiar with them, but they, they are now delivering these spiritual meetings, these virtual experiences for customers. So both sales and now for the audience in customer success we have had to learn a whole new digital body language i will say uh, on a virtual engagement so as i said i know you have been touching on this already but what advice will you give to someone that they are starting their sales journey yeah. in this it's, new remote environment it's, it's an awesome question and i think you know what i can tell you is like my best guess right and what i hear from people i think a lot more research will have to be on it i think point number one is to invest in relationships and that means relationships with customers but also your internal relationships like if you think about all of the people who changed jobs in the last two years and how like there are people out there who are in positions of power who have never met their colleagues before and i think it's so much you know before and and dublin is great at it like every company has a happy friday and people meet for drinks and you get to know others you know yeah. on on other teams and and that's helps you build that relationship so if you're working on this very important client you can come you know if, if you're a sales go to csm or vice versa and be like hey like you know i have an issue there help me and that's much harder to do when you don't know the people so i think the first step is if you join a new company just invest time in getting to know your colleagues like schedule half an hour chats with everyone right and like don't feel bad about it just say hey you know i've joined the team i want to get to know you right try to get to know people personally and not just work-wise and the second is with your clients i think the biggest kind of casualty of of the last two years is this one-on-one -on -one phone call between the ae and their champion or you know probably the equivalent of that in cs because people don't do that right now it's like oh let's schedule a meeting that means we're on video That means, you know, I have to bring my boss, means you have to bring your boss. And we end up in those like, you know, Zoom calls with five or six people. And, and no one kind of really speaks the truth because it's much harder to do in, the, in, a, in an environment with so many people. So I think like bringing that, and I know it goes kind of against what, what we're doing at Sales Room because we obviously a video tool, but 
just picking up the phone and calling your champion is an amazing tool for relationship building. Then after a relationship, I would say just manage your workday. Back-to-back phone calls are horrible. They are a great idea in theory, maybe to someone on sales ops who the only thing they think about is efficiency, but but it's it's a horrible idea because you know when you when you finish a conversation, you need to digest, you need to think about what was discussed, make sure your notes are accurate. So when you speak with that customer next time, you have a base to come back to, make sure you send your follow-up in time. And then, you know, just have a coffee, drink, like, you know, think about, like, breathe, right? Don't go straight to another call. I mean, funny enough, I, a very good friend of mine is a psychologist. And when all her work went online, all of the kind of psychologists, they sat down and they kind of created the rules of engagement. And they said that you should not have more than six clients per day. And you should have at least 15 minutes break between clients. So, you know, if if people who are kind of, you know, trained in this, tell you you can't do more than six calls a day like why do some salespeople think they can be effective on 10 and i think the the last part is really kind of to invest in your mental health sales is a very hard job you hear no a lot it's very lonely you you know there are days and weeks when kind of everything you do and nothing seems to come back it's very easy to feel disheartened and i think it's it used to be easier when you were in a room with other people going through the same experience. Now that's not the case anymore. So kind of figure out what helps you be motivated. And please don't let that be the hustle porn videos online, right? Like speak with the colleagues, join kind of associations and yeah, just, just figure out what helps you stay calm and motivated for the long term. Yeah, that is great advice. I think it's investing, as you said, investing in your mental health, investing in yourself and I think, and to be honest, I'm part of a lot of customer success communities. Maybe the only sales community that I can think of right now will be Rev Genius. That will be, but I'm I'm sure there are more. But I think it's just reaching out to, of course, colleagues, management, but also other communities because that's something that I noticed myself and for those uh, listening in the audience as well. That at least, I mean, I have seen and I have experienced this the sense of community, even if it's remotely with a lot of customer success colleagues worldwide. So I think that's all, especially now that at least also myself, I'm, I'm uh, based remotely here in Ireland, that I can appreciate that if people have questions, they just want to reach out about a particular topic, etc. So that's, that's really important too. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you, especially because I think in sales, right, the perception is is that it's super competitive. This like, I really hope that during my lifetime, the always be closing meme is going to die. Like, <laughs> I want to make it part of my mission to like let it let it die in peace because that's not what sales is like, right? The people who are most successful in sales are incredibly collaborative they care about others like in their in their team but also in their kind of environment so you, you mentioned rev genius there's also a community called pavilion and people come there with questions and people you know kind of give each other advice so i think that it's helping a lot of people kind of both professionally but also you know maybe you are remote and there's no one from your company in your city but if you can go and join you know some kind of local community that gets you out of the house and seeing people and talking about your issues that's a win-win maybe that's a nice segue to well customer success and sales we are close partners so Mm. or one of the closest partners i will say and what advice would you give us like in customer success 
on how to build or improve the partnership between customer success and sales? That, that's a great question. I genuinely believe that everyone in the company, in any company, should think like an owner, should think like an owner in the business because that kind of influences your decision making. And and I, I don't know if that story is true. I, I heard it from someone secondhand, but apparently when people used to start at Uber, as part of their onboarding, they were invited to this talk by someone from a, a very senior in the finance team and they opened the P&L and like walked everyone, you know, line by line across P&L, basically, you know, this is how a company makes money. This is where the company sort of spends money. And I think it's super important because people will get to see how what they do relates to, you know, the greater goal of the company. And I think in sales and customer success, right, you need to see them as one because both contribute to generating revenue for the company. I think the worst thing that can happen if a salesperson sells to a customer who fundamentally isn't a good fit. And yes, they book their commission short term, but then guess what? CS is going to spend so much time trying to make that customer successful whilst fundamentally they can't be successful because they're not a good fit for the product. That's time that they could have invested elsewhere where, you know, where the ROI on their time would have been much higher. And also, guess what? Like, do you really think you're going to send to that champion again after, you know, they trusted you and it ended up not working out for them? It's not a winning situation. I think people on both sides need to kind of be aware of how the machine works as a whole, where their part is and, and how people can work together to make the company more successful. Having that overview, like that uh, bird's eye view, if you will, of how it actually works for sales folks. What I have experienced as well is that if they haven't worked with a customer success manager before, I think it's just that quick interaction that you will have with the sales rep, with an account executive. It's also for them to know that, well, we are part of a team. We can work together doing yeah. like a handover or even upsells, cross-sells, whatever that may be, that we are still partners and we have a, a goals to achieve together. Yeah, I, I started seeing this, especially on the enterprise side, that CS gets now involved much, much earlier in the cycle. So the customer hasn't bought yet, but I think it's it's great because it gets you on that kind of relationship building train much, much faster. And the buyer now, you know, they get certainty that, you know, when they sign, there will be a person there to guide them and to make sure, you know, everything that the salesperson says is actually going to be true. And then at the same time, the account executive is staying on much longer past the point of sale again to make sure that, that the deal is successful. It's one of the kind of things that I've seen people doing in the last year or so that, that helps them be bridge that gap of, of trust. I think also, well, looking at your role at sales from what skills do you think are essential, not just to survive, but to thrive in your case as a co-founder and CCO? Well, man, if, if only I knew. <laughs> I think it's always good to start with self-awareness um, and being kind of as honest as you can be about your strengths and weaknesses. Uh, I think for me, it's the first time in my life when, you know, kind of so many people look up to me and, and everything I say is not just something I say, it's something that people kind of take very seriously. And, you know, I think it's very important. Something that annoyed me a lot when I was kind of working for others was that difficult conversations weren't had at companies and you arrive at Friday, you know, at the all hands meeting and everybody knows what the problems are and no one talks about them. Instead, we're like, 
great, you know, this is, we are doing so well. So I think it's, it's important for any co-founder to kind of create an environment that basically kind of, you know, that allows people, that allows for difficult things to be discussed and for people not to be afraid to speak up, right? Even, you know, against co-founders or someone kind of much more senior than them. I think on the actual kind of working with customer side, responsiveness is everything. It's, I think in this day and age, if you take more than four, 24 hours to reply, it's really kind of bad etiquette, especially to customers. So responsiveness, like really, really listening to your customers is very important at, at every level, right? Like people, you just, one, it's, it's, it's good for business and it's also good for relationships when people feel listened to. And I think it's also, you know, you, you have to think a few year steps ahead, right? You can't be to something that I, for example, struggle with still is not thinking kind of long term enough and rather looking for tactical solution than basically like two years ahead. Those are great skills. I definitely like the self-awareness. Something that I that I have heard before as well with uh, co-founders are if they are maybe transparent enough and if they are, they have that trust with their team, they know their team will actually follow that vision that and and obviously a, a co-founder as in your case, they will have tough days, good days, bad days. But I think if it's shared in a way, I think that also reflects that while well, they are humans, they are the same as their team. They re they can rely on their team as well just to share yeah. what's happening too. Yeah, I think it's it's transparency and kind of hmm. not trying to paint everything in a super optimistic light. Which which optimism is super important, right? Without hmm. optimism, there is no startups because everyone is by <laughs> by default dead, right? <laughs> But it's this giving this kind of allowing for the gray zones, right? While you're being, you're saying, hey, you know, I still believe in what we're doing, but this hasn't gone well. What can we learn from this? Where have we screwed up? How can we do better next time? Instead of like, you know, everything is great and no questions asked. Yeah, definitely. And well, before I let you go, Daria, one question that I like to ask all of my guests. Uh, what's in your toolbox? Obviously, other than sales room, what mobile or web app you cannot live without? Yeah, so there's a few. The first one is Intercom. I actually have never used Intercom before Salesroom. We at Dropbox, we used other tools. And I just, I love this idea of kind of being able to speak to my customers right in the moment. It fits seamlessly with everything else we're using, you know, and it's it's helping us a great amount to basically give confidence to our early users that someone will be there when they have an issue. So Intercrome is definitely in there. The second one is a startup called Fullview. I think as a, as a startup founder and as someone sort of, you know, trying to, the startups are not just about innovating in whatever you're doing. It's, it's rethinking the process, right? Because you're starting from a blank sheet, you can start. So I, I, I couldn't not give a heads up to Fullview. They are a solution for customer success team to help with technical support. So they allow you to basically co-browse with your customer and identify much faster when things are actually going wrong. So that's that's my second tool. And the third, you know, I actually, because your, your question said also personal, so I actually did go on my iPhone and I started kind of like <laughs> looking, where do I actually spend my time? And other than like the weather app and stuff, I think YouTube, YouTube is a great tool. You know, I learned everything from sourdough to dog behavior to <laughs> power, power to the crowd. <laughs> yeah. 
all the essentials on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. Learn how to build new things. So, well, it was a pleasure, Daria. Thank you so much. And if folks will want to reach out to you, what will be the best way for them to do? Yeah. I'm uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, I'm very open to connecting with folks and, and having a chat. And my email is daria at salesroom.com. Okay, yeah, great. A very expensive domain, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure to link that in the show notes. So thanks again and have a great rest of your day. Thank you, you too.